abundance. That's our problem. As leaders, our issue isn't scarcity, but we think it is. Scarcity of time, scarcity of people, scarcity of good people, scarcity of customers. But in reality, scarcity isn't the issue at all. In this episode, you're going to hear from Steve Jobs and Naval Ravikant. Let's go. Leadership is the ability to facilitate movement in others toward a destination you can describe. I'm Russ Hill. I help build leaders. And this is the Culture Hacks Podcast. This episode of the Culture Hacks Podcast is sponsored by Lead in 30. Leading others is hard. Learn how to create clarity, alignment, and movement at leadin30.com. Oh, you're going to love, <laughs> you are going to love this episode. Two of the most brilliant people I've ever heard talk. Steve Jobs, of course, the uh, the founder of Apple, and Naval Ravikant, who I've talked a lot about this last year or so. So here at the beginning of the episode, I'm going to do like no talking. I'm just going to go right to the clips I'm going to let you process what you're hearing. It's incredible. And then I'm going to interpret some of it, at least how I interpret it. By the way, welcome into the Culture Hacks podcast. I'm Russ Hill. I make my living coaching and consulting senior executives of some of the world's largest companies. So here's the clip from Steve Jobs. Now, this is at an Apple Worldwide Developers Conference. So you're going to hear some chatter here. And it's, it's a developer in the audience speaking up and asking Steve about, um, I think it's called, uh, not open source, but open doc or something doc. It's some, it's some program or some technology that Apple was developing years and years and years ago. And I guess they had abandoned it or they had shut the product down. And so he's asking Steve about it and where Steve Jobs goes and the principle he teaches is really interesting. Listen up. What about OpenDoc? What about OpenDoc? Yeah. Yeah. What about it? <laughs> it's dead, right? Huh? It's dead, right? Well, I don't know. I spent a lot of time working on it. Yeah. Well, you know, let me let me say something. This this sort of generic. I know some of you spent a lot of time working on stuff that we put a bullet in the head of. I apologize. I feel your pain. But Apple suffered for several years from, no, from lousy engineering management, I, I have to say it. And there were people that were going off in 18 different directions doing arguably interesting things in each one of them. Good engineers, lousy management. And what happened was you look at the, the, the farm that's been created with all these different animals going in different directions, and it doesn't add up. It, the, the, the total is less than the sum of the parts. And so we had to decide what are the fundamental directions we're going in, and what makes sense and what doesn't. And there were a bunch of things that didn't. And microcosmically, they might have made sense. Macrocosmically, they made no sense. And, you know, the hardest thing is, you, when you think about focusing, right, you think, well, focusing is, is saying yes, no. Focusing is about saying no. Focusing is about saying no. 
And you've got to say, no, no, no. And when you say no, you piss off people. And they go talk to the San Jose Mercury and they write a shitty article about you. You know? And it's really a pisser. Because you, you want to be nice. You don't want to tell the San Jose Mercury the person that's telling you this, you know, just was asked to leave or this or that or this or that. So you take the lumps. And Apple's been taking their share of lumps for the last six months in a very unfair way. And it's been taking them, you know, like a like an adult, and I'm proud of that. Uh, and there's more to come, I'm sure. There's more to come. I mean, some of these, I read these articles about some of these people that have left. I know some of these people. They haven't done anything in seven years. And, you know, they leave and it's like, you know, it, it's like the company's going to fall apart the next day. And, and so, you know, I think there'll be stories like that that come and go, but focus is about saying no. And the result of that focus is going to be some really great products where the total is much greater than the sum of the parts. I absolutely love clips like that. Raw captures of wisdom and experience and teaching by people who've accomplished amazing things like Steve Jobs. And you're applying what he said there, right, to your own leadership, the team that you lead, the organization that you lead, your own personal life. What Steve discovered was the total was less than the sum of the parts. Lots of activity, but what are we accomplishing? So then we had to decide, he said, we had to decide the fundamental direction we're going in. In other words, define the destination. What does, how are we defining success a year or two or three? And then he said, we had to make, make decisions about what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. And focusing is about saying no. And what happens when you make those decisions? You start talking about the San Jose Mercury News, the, the newspaper out in the, in the Silicon Valley area, right? And what was their reaction? Like all the people who were upset by his decisions are complaining publicly. And, and Steve's talking about what that feels like as a leader when you start making decisions and saying no to certain things because you've defined the destination. Super interesting, you all. Okay, switching gears. Naval Ravikant talking to Joe Rogan. We'll talk about how these might be related in a minute, but we're going to switch directions here. Listen to Naval and Job. You know, when I was growing up, there was this statement, I think it was Pascal. He said, you know, all of man's problems arise because he cannot sit by himself in a room for 30 minutes alone. Mm. And it's very true. I always needed to be stimulated. And when the iPhone came along, boredom was dead. I would never yeah. be bored again. I, even if I'm standing in line, I'm on my iPhone. And I thought it was great. And when I was a kid, I used to try and overclock my brain. Be like, how many thoughts can I think at once? The answer is only one. But I would try to like, think multiple thoughts at once. And I was yeah. proud of that. I was proud that my brain was always running. This engine was always moving. And it's a disease. It's actually the road to misery. And now that I'm older, I realize like you actually want to, again, rest your mind. You want to learn how to settle into your mind. Now, I look forward to solitary confinement. You leave me alone for a day, it'll be like the happiest day I've had in a while. Mm. Uh, and, and that is a superpower that I think everybody can attain. The superpower of learning to be alone and enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's critical, and I, and I do think that this, this, these times where you just think about things just be alone and think about things are so rare these days. And I think during those rare times is when you really get to understand what you actually believe or don't believe. Okay. Let me interject here for a second. Cause that's super valuable, right? Applying that to exactly how they're talking about it, like personal and mental health and emotional. But I want you to think about what they're talking about as it applies to organizations, 
a disease that Naval's talking about. And what's the disease? The disease of abundance. We as leaders trying to do too many things. The organization, we're trying to get it to think about and process and do a million things at once. And my experience consulting with lots of executives and organizations over the last couple of decades is there are a lot of organizations, a lot of teams and a lot of leadership teams that are suffering from the disease of abundance. Okay. You thought those two clips were good. Here's more of Naval and Joe for a few, few more minutes. This one's going to blow you away. Life is really a single player game. It's all going on in your head. You know, whatever you think you believe will very much shape your reality, both from what risks you take and what actions you perform, but also just your everyday experience of reality. If you're walking down the street and you're judging everyone, you're like, I don't like that person because their skin color. I don't like that. Oh, she's she's not attractive. That guy's fat. This person's a loser. Oh, who put this in my way? Uh, you know, the more you judge, the more you're going to separate yourself and you'll feel good for an instant because you'll feel good about yourself. I'm better than that. Mm. But then you're going to feel lonely. And then you're just going to see negativity everywhere. The world just reflects your own feelings back at you. Reality is neutral. Reality has no judgments. To a tree, there's no concept of right or wrong or good or bad, right? Mm. You're born. You have a whole set of sensory experiences and stimulations and lights and colors and sounds, and then you die. Yeah. And how you choose to interpret that is up to you. You do have that choice. So this is what I meant that happiness is a choice. If you believe it's the choice, then you can start working on it. And I can't tell you how to find it because... It's your own conditionings that are making you unhappy. So you have to uncondition yourself. It's just like, I can't fix your eating habits for you. I can give you some general guidelines, but you got to go through the hard habit forming of how to eat right. Mm. But you have to believe it's possible. And it is absolutely possible. I was miserable. I'm happy as a clam. And it's not just the money. I got there before the money. You got happy before the money? <laughs> Mostly, yeah. How did you get happy before the money? I started getting older. You know, I just realized like life is short. I'm going to die. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's, again, trite, right? Trite. In trite. many ways. Yeah. Well, Confucius had a great saying that, uh, you know, every man has two lives. And the second starts when he realizes he has just one. Wow. And I read that. And it was one of those book dropping lines. You know, it's like mic drop. Confucius had a lot of mic drops. <laughs> That's a crazy one. <laughs> that though. was a great one. Um, or another one is next time you get sick. You know, because everybody gets sick every mm -hmm. now and then. It's like a happy person wants 10,000 things. A sick person just wants one thing, mm. right? So it's your, it's your unlimited desires that are clouding your peace, your happiness. Have desires. You're a biological creature that stands up and says, I can do something. I, I move. I resist. I live. But just be very careful of your desires. This is the oldest, most trite wisdom. Desire is suffering. That's what mm. it means, right? Every desire you have is an access where you will suffer. So just don't focus on more than one desire at a time. The universe is rigged in such a way that if you just want one thing and you focus on that, you'll get it. But everything else, you got to let go. I think this episode might be worth listening to twice. Not because of anything I'm bringing to the table, but because... There's some really powerful quotes in these clips. Don't you think all the desires we have, all the apps, all the notifications, all the choices, all the ideas, all the noise, all the options, all the projects, all the opinions, all the demands, all the information, all of the policies, all the slides in the deck, all the activity. Our problem isn't scarcity. Our problem is abundance. We've got to solve it for ourselves individually, for our health, 
our potential and we got to solve it for our organization, for its health, its potential. I hope you're healthy. I hope you're doing well. I'll talk to you in the next episode. Who do you know that could benefit from listening to this episode? Tap on the share button and text the link to a friend or colleague or write a post on LinkedIn and tag Russ. Thanks for listening to the Culture Hacks podcast with Russ Hill.